I ended up blowing like 40 odd grand, um, just sort of learning what didn't work. Welcome back to Young Smart Money. My name's Apple Kreider and I'm your host. Now, a lot of us have heard about Forex trading and the opportunity that learning how to trade presents. And Jason Greystone is somebody who has a ton, a ton of experience with Forex. We're talking about building a community. We're talking about addressing doubt. And at the end, we've got a Forex crash course for you to learn all of the basics that you need to know in order to get started and learn if Forex is something that you do want to pursue. And before we get into it, if you have gotten some value out of Young Smart Money, if it has helped you along your journey, please do consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help the podcast reach more people, and it helps you hear from more, even more amazing guests like Jason Greystone. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. All right, Jason, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? Good? I am doing fantastic. It's a, it's a, great, it's a great day today. So could you give our listeners who aren't familiar with you just a brief overview of, of what people would know you for? Like, what are you, what are you known for? Absolutely. Yeah. My name is Jason Greystone. I, um, I help people achieve a level of financial independence through saving investment and trading strategies. Um, I became financially independent at 28 years old. And since then I've been, um, helping people learn to trade the currency markets and wealth education strategies that I implemented into my life um, so that they can do the same with theirs and sort of really get out of, uh, for me, I've been teaching people uh, those strategies as a tool to free up your time um, so that they can focus on what they love. And over the last, uh, I don't know, six years, we've, we've built um, a very, very respectful uh, online education platform and, um, and we've grown that thing. And we're going to grow that into the, into the stratosphere. So we've worked with thousands of traders, thousands of people in all different countries. And, uh, and yeah, so I'm, I'm just currently writing a book as well. So up to lots and lots of different things at the moment. Wow, definitely staying busy over there. Yeah, <laughs> trying to keep out of trouble, eh? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's my philosophy as well. And that's good. To, I mean, I'm definitely on the same path with you as far as, as, far as educating people on sort of financial vehicles and really just on the options that people have available to them when that comes to finances. So I'm, I'm super excited for this conversation and uh, let's just get into it. So yeah, that's, that's why I wanted to do this. That's why I wanted to come on your channel. Yeah. It seems like we are very aligned. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're taking the time out of your day to, to be here. So what I'd like to talk about with my guests, um, because the show is primarily focused both on money and on entrepreneurship. So could you give us just a brief overview of what both of those things looked like at a young age for you? So what did, what did your experience with money look like and what did your experience with, with entrepreneurship and starting your own thing look like? Yeah. So I, I grew up on a, on a, on like an estate in South, a place called South London called Morden. And, um, a very, very, I wouldn't say poor, but it was me and my mum till we, till she met my stepdad and then he had a job and it was sort of very, very working class. Uh, we lived on this council estate and on that estate, there was lots of people who had different backgrounds. So, you know, there was people who, there was old people who were like alone and then there was like the single parents and then there was uh, the druggies, like the drug, the drug family. And, and, and there was all the, a wide range of people on this estate. And no matter how much they all had different lives and backgrounds, they all see, we all used to congregate on the steps at night and, and sort of talk. And everyone had this bee in their bonnet about money. Everyone hated 
money. But then at the same time, every Friday, they would do a syndicate on the lottery to try and win money. And very early on, I thought, you know, what the hell's going on? You know, everyone's saying money's horrible, but they're all trying to win it. And, and, and I found that very confusing. And I remember sort of thinking, you know, there's got to be something in this. And I remember, uh, you know, I was 10 when I thought that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't grow up around money. I grew up, think, you know, around people that, that had a very negative view on money, but they, uh, yeah, they still were striving for it. And there were, all these people had different backgrounds, different, different stories, but they were all really unhappy when it comes to money. So it was, a, it was obviously something you needed. Um, it obviously did make you happy in some way. I didn't know how it made you happy at that point, but I just knew that people were almost, um, you know, resenting the thing that they needed or repelling the thing that they needed. So, Hmm. um, uh, later on in my life, I I was, I was coming up to my 14th birthday and I really wanted this BMX bike, right? It was a mongoose, uh, sniper. And, um, I said to my dad, I said, look, my birthday's coming up. Can I have, uh, you know, can, can I have it? And I, I basically printed out loads of copies of the bike and I put them on the pillow and the, <laughs> and the food cupboard and all the rest of it. And he said, look, I, I get the hint. I, he said, if you, if, if I pay half, you pay half. So you have to raise a hundred pounds and then we'll go, we'll get, you can get the bike. And I thought, mm. oh great. Like what, how am I going to earn a hundred pounds? I had no idea I was going to earn a hundred pound back then. Yeah. So I looked out on the um, estate and we had this green where everyone used to park their cars. And I thought, I'll just go and wash some cars, right? I'll go and wash some cars and, uh, and see where that gets me. Mm-hmm. So the first day I'm out like knocking on doors, trying to, trying to sell a car wash. And I, I <laughs> knock on this woman called Lynn and she allows me to wash a, a Volkswagen Golf. And I spend like hours washing this car because I just didn't <laughs> want to, I, I wanted it to be so perfect and I didn't want it to turn me down. I wanted her to pay me. Um, and I was charging five pounds a car. Oh, no. and, um, she gave me seven pounds, right? Wow. Uh, two pounds tip. So that night I was in my bedroom and my mate Lloyd came up and um, I was like, yeah, I've got seven pounds. I said, if I just keep going like this, I'm going to get a hundred pounds. No problem. And <laughs> Lloyd said, oh, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a hand as well. I hope you wash the cars. And I thought, well, I, don't, I can't really pay it. I don't want to pay him. I don't want to give the money to him because I've, I've got nothing to pay him. I want to get my bike. And then my dad walked in my room and he said, I'm just going to the supermarket. Uh, do you want anything? And for some reason, I don't know what it was, but I gave everything. I gave the seven pound that I'd earned that day to my dad and asked him to get a bucket and sponge for Lloyd. And then what happened was the next day we went out and because there was two of us, we washed four cars. Hmm. And I realized from that moment, that if you use money in a certain way, you can actually get more money, uh, you know, and, and use it as leverage. So by the end of, you know, within four weeks, we had four of us. I wasn't washing cars. I was just knocking on the doors and collecting money and doing the sales. <laughs> and I had Jack, Gareth, Lloyd, they're all washing cars. And I got the hundred pound in like five weeks. So, you know, it was, it was a real turning point for me on, on how to provide value, get money, then use the money, leverage and, and make more money. That's very interesting because not only was it an experience with money, but you were also sort of starting your own business in a way because yeah, it was my you first were business for sure. Yeah, yeah because you were you were even hiring employees to come on and Absolutely. work for you. That's that's a really cool experience. And I was persuading those kids. You know, I was like, you know, I can't pay you yet, but at the end, we're gonna uh, we'll split the money and the deal and. And it was, it was, it was a, it was a real business. And not only that, I learned a lot about selling because I was knocking at doors and I was going, you know, 
uh, we're not like normal car wash. We got squeegees. So we was investing. We was getting like squeegees for the windows and, and all that stuff. And we was like using that as our USP, you know. It was like, <laughs> we don't just dry your windows. We squeegee them and all that. And I remember it was hilarious. But Wow, guess, doing it upright. Yeah, I guess looking back, that really was a... I didn't really think much about that until I wrote my book. And then I realized, well, perhaps I, you know, perhaps I am, um, you know, perhaps I'm entrepreneurial. But I don't... I didn't really think about it until that point. Interesting. Did you have any other projects that came between sort of that and where you're at now with your building your community? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, when I left school, I wanted to be a fireman. Um, I wanted to be a fireman, but I also knew that if I was to be a fireman, you had a certain amount of allocated time off from the brigade. Uh, so I, I worked on becoming an electrical engineer. So I wanted to go into engineering, um, whether that be software or, you know, uh, circuitry smart technology whatever um and i thought i'm going to build a business on that so i ended up really really hustling on that building my own business i started a business in my shed when i was 21 years old and um, by the time i got accepted for the fire brigade i was earning a lot more money in my business there um so i, I turned the fire brigade down but um i built the business up we, we built the business to about through two and a half three million something like that and then wow. um, I became so frustrated in the industry that I had to have a way out. So it, it, it wasn't fun anymore. Um, so I knew that I had to get out. So that was when I started looking at um, investments and, and trading and things like that. So I, I wanted to essentially replace my income from that industry. Hmm. And why did you, why did you turn to trading? What was the draw? So from 24, 25 years old, I started saving and investing. I was saving 10% of my income and I was increasing that. And, you know, I was raising my income through my business. And I had this plan to sort of replace my income within between 10 and 15 years. And when I became very, very frustrated in the industry that I was in, I thought to myself, I've got to find a way to accelerate this. You know, I've, I'm I've got an investor's mentality. Um, I've got an appetite for risk. I know how to handle risk and how to manage risk. So I thought, what other options are out there that will allow me to, to be a bit more speculative and more high risk? So then I started looking at poker uh, mm -hmm. options and, uh, and Forex. All right. So I thought Forex looks about the best one. So, um, you know, leverage and everything like that. And I ended up blowing like 40 odd grand um, just sort of learning what didn't work. Uh, but, wow. but spending that money, I learned a lot about what does work and what is required. And I, and I eventually became very good. And I was able to reduce that 10 to 15 years down to three and a half. Um, so I replaced my income in three and a half years from, from trading. So that's, that's why I got into Forex and the, and the high speculative stuff. Very interesting. When you were getting involved in that, um, did you have sort of any mentors in the area or how did you, how'd you learn this information? Um, so I was always reading books, um, you know, from a young age, I, I looked up to people like Ray Dalio, uh, yep. Warren Buffett, um, Robert Kiyosaki, mm. all those people. Uh, when I got into the Forex world, it was a completely different story. There was no one to trust. Uh, yeah. There was no one to trust. I got scammed. I got you know, led up many garden paths. And then I found a couple of really good mentors. Um, one was called Clive. One was called Jason Stapleton and Akil Stokes, who's now my partner. Um, and, you know, I just got on the right path. And, and you sort of find your way, if you keep at it and you're persistent and you learn what doesn't work, 
you end up knowing what you do need to do. And then it's just a case of finding those right people, spending the right money, being around, you know, uh, it's just like anything. So yeah, I had a, had a few good mentors, a lot of bad ones. Yeah. It sounds like at least I've been approached by a lot of people trying to sell me a pipe dream of what Forex could be. A lot of people asking for a couple hundred dollars to teach me how to sell Forex and how to trade Forex. Um, So how do you, how did you, how did you wade through all the bad or did you get caught up in some of the bad and what did that look like? Totally. I got caught up in loads of it. (laughs) I got, I got caught up in loads of it. Unfortunately. Um, I bought a few, you know, high ticket two day courses they don't work i bought a couple of automated systems they don't work and and the reason they don't work is because you don't you don't know the system behind that okay so what i mean by that is a lot of trading's down to psychology if you're out there placing trades and you're taking loss after loss after loss and you take three or four losses in a row if you don't know that's if you don't know that system out the back of your hand, yep. you're going to go, this is broken. Like I'm going to take my money, right? Or you're going to jeopardize the system. However, if you've developed the system and you know exactly how it performs and you've tested it, you can look back over the years and go, well, there was three losing trades in a row in 2016. There was six losing trades in a row in 2017. This is perfectly normal. I know that I just need to keep trading through this and then come out the other end. You can't do that with those. And, and there's no one teaching you that that's what you have to do. There's no, you know, trading is like 90% psychology and there's no one teaching psychology. It's all, here's what you can have. Here's the byproduct. Whereas if they were to teach instead and say, this is how you should approach trading as a risk manager. If they were saying you should be a risk manager instead of a focusing on the Lamborghinis, you're <laughs> going to earn a profit, right? Um, but the problem is that doesn't sell, does it? Nope, not at all. <laughs> Buy my shit, you know, like it's going to be horrible. It's going to be hard. You're gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to focus on a Rolex. I'm not going to focus on a Lambo. You're going to take hours and hours and hours. Buy my shit. It doesn't quite have the same ringtone, does nope. it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'd so, rather be transparent and give people the honest, you know, realistic expectations. Exactly. And not a lot of people are doing that out there. So that's very respectable. Yeah. When you were getting started, did you find any good communities or, or sort of teams that helped you learn um, once you were wading through all of these sort of rough patches? Did you find any good sort of niches or good groups of people that helped you um, learn at a faster rate? I, I'll be honest with you. There was not a lot of good communities. Um, the, in fact, that's one of the things we've built because it's so important to have, yeah. a, have a strong community. But it's getting the right people and policing the right people Hmm. so that everyone is, um, you know, valuable to each other. But when I was learning, no, it was very, very rare. There was one community that I was involved with, was, which was uh, affiliated with a guy called Jason Stapleton. He no longer, he's no longer in the trading game. But, um, yeah, it's very, very rare. And the problem is with communities is you're always going to get people with different opinions and, and the wrong information. It's like Chinese whispers. You know, some of these social sites are just like, poison you know yeah. you might as well just you might as well just set light to your wallet uh, <laughs> and, and hang around in those and very very hard to come by which is why we've we've created our own community wow how do you how do you police that because you said that's a, an important aspect because you can't just have people out there throwing out bad information totally so we've after working with many many traders previously um we had a lot of data to analyze. So we were finding out why people were failing, why people were succeeding. And what we wanted to do is was just 
look at the instead of what we wanted to do was create a model where it isn't about getting people through the door instead it's about getting successful people out the door right mm. out the other end so we said how can we do that so we analyzed all this data and we said well it only boils down to really six or seven things um you know like accountability having the tools having um a a having an education um structure that allows you to develop a system rather than just teach you a, a strategy and let you run off into the hills um it was about providing the tools um the coaching the accountability the community and all the rest of it and we just said well let's let's sort of build this platform and sort of sell a tape up the doors so that no one can there's nowhere they can go other than to succeed and and what we wanted to do is create a platform where if you actually fail it's because you've given up and it's not because of what the platform provides and we thought if we could just shine the light on the people that are coming through i'd rather grow slowly and sustainably that way and have an army of raving fans than just getting tons of people through the door and getting some pissed off reviews uh, online because you know we've taken money and, and gone so that's that was the motivation the motivation wasn't to make money so we constructed this platform we priced it very cleverly at a way where people are either going to have to take it seriously or you know they go uh, um and and by doing that we've really got a very high quality community very very serious traders and as i say we're working on the turnover of successful traders rather than turnover of people through the door so we only want select few clients we don't want loads of clients hmm. So other than getting the best clients into the community, what are some of the other challenges that you have faced along this journey to build this, this community around, around Forex trading? Um, one of the things is something you said, you know, it's like that shiny object syndrome. People mm. come in thinking it's like get rich quick. Um, another thing is they come in and they figure out actually you've got to put some work in and then they don't quite believe it because of the way it's been sold. So then they go, and look for something else and then they look for something else and they never really benefit from the asset that they're building or the skill that they're developing before they get there they start you know their mind wanders and they go off on something else um, another challenge is trust uh, well I mean that that boils down to the right thing but usually people who come to us have already been screwed over multiple times and it's about you know getting trust from people um, you know discipline in people people can't accountability people can't stick to it uh but but really the biggest challenge is just psychology it's just being able to accept that you're going to be wrong um and finding that sweet spot that suits your personality so for for instance some people like to be right more than they're wrong um some people like a bigger reward to risk some hmm. people are happy being wrong 80% of the time as long as they've got a 10 to 1 reward to risk ratio. So it's about finding that sweet spot and, and building a system that suits your personality. And that's the real challenge, uh, getting people to go, you know, ha what is your personality? And then helping them along the way. Hmm. That's, that's really interesting. And there's a lot of, clearly there's a lot of different things that people are, are worried about when it comes to, yeah. to this whole industry. And, and, and like you said, people are getting screwed over all the time. So you have to, you have to prove to people that you are, are legit and that you are serious, that you're not just going to take their money and run off into the, into the sunset. So that's, that's huge. I think one of the things that really does give people trust is the fact that we just run a two week trial 
Um, they can come and watch us trade live. So we're, I think we're the only place where people can literally just watch me trade my live account um, wow. and a kill as well. And that really gives people belief transference because they're like watching over the shoulder. That's what people don't get access to. And they can come and do that for two weeks before they even commit to one month uh, in the platform. So I think that really does say a lot for how we want people to succeed rather than just, you know, trying to get them in the door because they can, after the two weeks is up, they get kicked out and that's it. It's up to them if they want to renew. So it's very, very ethical in that way. Yeah, that's serious transparency too. Like most people will not just let people come in because either they don't have the chops to keep people there. A lot of people just, they, they don't actually have the, the content, the, the, the stuff to keep people coming back. So they have to charge for it right off the bat. But if you can actually give people that transparency right away, that's, that's a big deal. Um, Absolutely. We, we're, we're really trying to build a brand here and, and everything, every decision we make in the company is based on transparency. And the way we do that is we just say, Every decision we have, every conversation we have, uh, let's just imagine that Google can see everything that we do. Mm. Let's imagine that Google is watching us and anyone can Google anything that we're saying. And if you go about your business that way, you're going to provide a lot of value and you're going to have a lot of fun and you're going to get some great, great clients. Mm, completely agree because you're not doing things behind closed doors. You don't have to worry about who finds out because anybody can find out because you're not doing anything that, that requires you to, to do it secretly. So, 100%. That's essential. When you were starting out, did you ever feel doubt in yourself or in what you were doing? Uh, stuff like the imposter syndrome. Did you ever feel like, who am I to be doing this? Who am I to be teaching people? Who am I to, to really be sitting here and, and doing what you're doing? I, I, yeah, totally. You know, I, um, it's no different from, any, from any, um, any business endeavor, really. But I think with trading in particular, when you want to call yourself, that you sort of become a bit ashamed of what you're doing because of because of trading in general. It's like you don't really want to fess up to to what you're doing. It's like, what do you do? Oh, well, yeah, you sort of skirt around it. It's a bit like hmm. it's a bit like the stock market, but you know. Anyway, let's talk about what you do, son. Yeah. You try and you try and skirt around it. A big turning point was when I stopped losing money at that point, I wasn't really earning a big profit, but I thought I've stopped losing money. That's a big thing, right? Yeah. I've actually managed to go consistent and not lose money. At that point, I considered myself a professional trader and I would, I would just go and tell people, yeah, I'm a professional trader now. Hmm. Uh, and when I actually did that, it really had a, that was a bit, bit of a turning point for me. It was a bit of clarity over, yeah, I can, I can do it. You know, I've come out of a massive drawdown um, I've, I'm now at break even, which is an incredible uh, result considering the amount of money I've lost in the space of time. And then, um, you know, after that, I think when I started teaching, I became an even better trader because I was, re- you know, I've, I'm constantly reminding myself of, of what I'm doing. And not only that, I'm accountable to the people I'm teaching. I can't make mistakes. I'm tra- tra- I'm trading live in front of them. I can't, do one thing and then tell them another. I'm literally out there exposed every day. And, um, and at first, again, you know, it's like, oh, God, I can't, I can't teach these people this. But it turns out uh, I'm all right at teaching. At teaching. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it just proves itself out over time. And if you're, if you're cut out for it, you're going to make it. And if you're not, you're not. I just say if you're giving a genuine message, uh, you can't go wrong because it's coming from the heart. You're not putting on a front. Yep. Um, there's no information that you're trying to portray in a way that you don't believe in. It is just pure soul guided value. Um, mm. yeah. 
that's the most genuine it can be. Yeah, absolutely. So I noticed that you have a bit of an interest in fitness. And I've noticed that among a lot of people that I bring on the show, that they are interested in in keeping their bodies healthy as well as as starting a business. So can you talk a little bit about where that interest comes from and and what kind of skills or or things have have floated between um, you being interested in fitness and you having a successful online business? Yeah, I think it boils down to discipline. Like I exercise discipline. So as a trader, one of the things I exercise is the discipline part of my brain. So I will, every year I will do a, a sponsored event that I don't really want to do. You know, it's like I've got to run a hundred kilometers in November. I've got to cycle to Amsterdam on a single speed bike. I've <laughs> got to, you know, all this kind of stuff. I don't want to do that. Every time I go for a run, I don't want to go for a run. I'm talking myself out of it, but that is part of it. I'm like, what can I do to exercise beating my brain? So I like to keep doing those types of things. When I moved into this house, there was a period of about 15 days. We have a pool and I would ju- it was like October when we moved in. It was cold. And I said, right, every day I'm just going to go out, jump in the pool, get back out. And, and I did that for 15 days. And it's just sort of, it's like exercises that I do to keep me beating my brain because the discipline side of my brain plays a big role in what I do for a, for, for a living. So I think fitness is the same. So I think how you do, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. Hmm. So I, I like to roll out discipline in all areas of my life, um, consistency in all areas of my life, continuous improvement in all areas of my life. Um, in fact, I'm in the worst shape I've been in at the moment because I gave up meat about two years ago really? and that's been another learning curve from, uh, you know, from, from that whole thing. And I've got blab and I need to get rid of that. But now again, <laughs> next year will be my year for shredding off the fat and, and maintaining a meat free diet. But I just think continuous improvement, you know, I, I, I study a philosophy called Kaizen mm. and that, is, that means continuous improvement. And, um, I think if you can make if you can be better today than you were yesterday and so on and so on, I think you're going you're gonna to live a, a, an extraordinary life in all areas. I love it. I love it. What's something that somebody wouldn't know about you uh, just by looking at either your Instagram profile or your YouTube channel? They wouldn't know about me. Yep. Well, that's a good question. Um, they probably wouldn't know that I snore very loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't put too much of my family on social media. Uh, so they don't quite understand, you know, how uh, connected I am with my kids and my wife. Um, they probably don't know that I get stressed sometimes, you know, <laughs> social media. I think no matter how transparent you are, social media is what you see of it and how, what you want to see, right? Yep. So it's how people choose to portray themselves. Exactly. So, so, you know, this whole perfect life the, behind the scenes, there's me having the same problems as everyone else the problems just get bigger and different and yeah so uh, that uh, if i was to give a message to your listeners i would say you know don't don't worry about what you see on social media let it inspire you but don't beat yourself up about it because there's always balance there's always two sides to everything Absolutely. Now what I sort of want to do is get more into the Forex side of things and give our listeners a brief idea of sort of how Forex works and what the market actually looks like. So can you just give us a brief overview of what Forex trading actually is? Like what is Forex and why do people trade it? Absolutely. So 
Firstly, Forex trading. It's, uh, it's for an exchange. So if you've ever been to the airport um, and exchange some currency to the currency you're visiting in that country, that's, you're basically taking part in the foreign exchange uh, market right there. Um, it's a massive market. Every day there's $5.3 trillion um, of, of volume. And that's wow. every single day. So it's a wow. huge market. It's like, uh, it's, it's gigantic. And compared to the stock market, if the stock market was like a swimming pool, the Forex market's like the Atlantic Ocean. So it, <laughs> in contrast, it is that, that big. So um, the reason people trade it is because it's uh, cheap to get out the gate. So you don't have to have lots of money to start trading. Um, there's good leverage. So you can use leverage to uh, leverage your positions and, and sort of make more money from your small starting account. And it's 24 seven. So it doesn't close like the stock market. It's, it closes at the weekend. That's it. Other than that, it's 24 hours. So those are great reasons to trade. Uh, another great reason to trade is because you find out a lot about yourself, right? You, hmm. you, you start thinking like other people, you start trying to think how other people think and that makes you learn a lot about yourself. Um, so that's why people, that's why I think it's good to trade. Why people start to trade, I think it's because of the shiny object syndrome. Yep. Uh, they think it's easier than it is. Um, but there's a lot of money, you know, if you get it right, there's a lot of money to be made. The, the, the returns are incredible. Probably the best, the best out of all, out of all the investments I've made, it's the definitely the most accelerated um, wealth acceleration vehicle that I've, that I've used. So yeah. Hmm. But it can also accelerate down because like you said before, you lost a lot of money very quickly. So it's, it's definitely not all, all up and up. Double-edged sword. If you're not managing risk correctly, then you're, you're, yeah, you're essentially just gambling really. Um, yep. and, and it's about having a plan. So, you know, you can't just, you can't place trades on feelings and emotions. Lots of people think that they know what the market's going to do or they've got a feel for it. I'm telling you, if you're not consistent, like to, and I mean, have a tangible set of rules written down that tells you when to take a trade, you're probably not going to do very well. In fact, there's a 90% chance that you're going to fail. Um, so it's not as easy as it looks. It's it's great thing to do, great thing to get into. Um, I recommend it to everyone um, mm. to a degree, as long as you're logically minded and you're not away with the fairies <laughs> and you've got money that you can afford to lose, right? Um, but if there's one message, it's think, you know, Try and think about how not to lose money rather than how to make money. And if you can, if you can, if you can think that way, hmm. you're probably going to do all right. I, I, yeah, that's, that's a huge perspective shift. And I know a lot of people aren't thinking that way, especially young people who have that shiny object syndrome who are like, okay, how can I get a Lamborghini as fast as possible? Um, right. They're not thinking about how to avoid losing money. They're thinking about, okay, how do I get all this money in my pocket as quickly as possible? So that's, a, that's definitely a perspective shift um, for a lot of people out there. <laughs> Totally. And, and if you are like that, right, I mean, I would, I would just consider like starting a business and providing value to someone because at least you can measure what you're doing. So if you're providing value to someone, you can, you can get fair exchange for that and you're able to generate a, a decent income. With Forex, it's just you against the market. There's no blame. There's no staff. There's no customer. There's no shop. There's, no, there's nothing, right? So it's much, much harder. And if you've, if you've got this 
you know, instant gratification thing going on, at least just go and start a business where you're serving people rather before you go into uh, the Forex market. Yeah, completely, completely agree with that. Now, a lot of Forex, at least in my perception, is people looking at like these charts, right? So can you talk a little bit about um, like just, just Forex charts in general, why they're significant, what you use them for? Okay, so years ago, trading would be a case of ringing up a broker, you know, saying, I want to buy euro dollar, um, put me in at this position, and so on, right? Um, when online trading came around, it was a way of, uh, there was a guy called Steve Neeson who bought over something called the candlestick. You mm -hmm. can read up about Steve Neeson. Um, but the candlestick basically represents the market in each session. So what we're able to do is we're able to bring up a chart and see a representation of the market participants reactions. Now by doing that, you see patterns, you see psychological patterns. And contrary to popular belief, these patterns aren't entirely random. So you're going to see frequent patterns play out all the time based off of psychology. Um, and what we can do is because we've got all that on a chart, we can then go back historically and see a pattern that happens frequently and we can build rules around that pattern to help us to enable us to capitalize on the move that plays out. So if we can put rules to that and we can have tangible set of rules that say every time we see this set up, we have to get in here and we have to get out there and we have a risk here and we take our profit here. Um, and if you stick to that, then you're going to, and you've tested it and you've got a positive expectancy, then going into the markets in the future, although we don't know what's going to happen next and we never, ever know, yep. at least we're in a good frame of mind to say, I've got an 80% chance or 70%, 60%, and you've got a good frame of mind to go out and go, all I need to do is follow these rules and I'm going to generate a profit. So, hmm. yeah, so that's what, that's what the charts, that, that's why online trading has made it you know, easier than ever before. And like any other business, right? Online, like it's business has never, ever been so easy just because of the technology that we've got now. Interesting. And yeah, so, so they are, there's, there's nothing inherently sort of negative about certain patterns, but it's based on psychology, right? Because you, you, you look at these patterns and then like when this happens, usually this happens because people think this yeah, that essentially, I, I mean, you'll get your so fundamentals are like bank rates, mm -hmm. unemployment rates, Brexit, you know, all this stuff that goes on. Um, I'm not really interested in that. What I'm looking at is the patterns in the market that have stood the tests of time. Mm -hmm. So regardless of whether it's been a recession or whether there's been an interest rate or a rate hike or, you know, any of that stuff going on in the news, the charts are printed you know, through all of that. So I don't really care what, what goes on in the news. I just know that if there's a pattern that plays out and it's right more than it's wrong, and when it's right, I win more than I lose when I'm wrong, well, that I'll flick that coin all day long. All right. That sounds pretty fair to me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's essentially some, it, technical trading. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see um, beginner traders making as they try to, to, to get involved in this market? Um, too big a position size. So, you know, they'll, they'll risk too much of their account. Um, you know, there's this thing where I saw someone risking like 10% of his account on every trade. And I think, 
I don't quite think they realize that if you lose 50% of your account, you've then got to make 100% to get back to break even, right? And it's very hard to double your account. (laughs) Um, So that's one thing. Um, Other mistakes they make is uh, they feel like they should be doing more. So they, they, they come to their charts. There's no setups. So what they start doing is forcing trades. They'll start like having a look through because they're bored and then start breaking their rules by placing trades that they wouldn't normally trade. Um, and another thing is, um, what's another really, really common one? Revenge trading. So they'll take a loss and they will take a loss because they've made a mistake, but then they'll try and win the money back. So they'll try and revenge trade, which goes against their rules as well. Uh, big, big mistakes. You know, mm. all you do is end up giving the profits back, more profits back, and setting you back a long, long time. So it's all about it's all about that plan, making a plan, sticking to the plan, and sticking to the plan is is what it's sounding like to me. <laughs> you sound like me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, like you've nailed it. Honestly, um, another big mistake as well is rushing ahead. So they don't learn the basics. They don't learn how to read price. For instance, it's a bit like trying to play guns and roses when you don't know like a couple of chords on the guitar, you know, <laughs> not going to happen. That's fair. That's, that's very fair. Now you, you mentioned earlier that v- by utilizing leverage, you can actually get involved with, with a relatively small initial investment. So can you talk a little bit more about, about that aspect of things and how somebody could get started with not so much capital? Yeah. So the way leveraging works is the broker is basically giving you a, a loan to, to control a bigger portion of the, of the market. So in, in terms of something you might understand or your listeners might understand, if you think about buying a, uh, a $500,000 house, okay. And you put down a 50 grand deposit, your bank's giving you the rest where you're controlling half a million pounds worth of the property market with 50 grand. Uh, it's similar. Um, except your broker's going to foot up the money, you're going to trade that position, and then when you cash out, they're going to give you your money back, and they're going to take a little fee uh, for commission. And that's essentially how it works. It is a double-edged sword, because obviously you can lose a lot of money as well. And I think people go way over-leveraged, and there's laws in place now and and things coming in where it's going to limit and protect new traders in particular. Um, Again, if you're focused on being a risk manager then you're not really going to worry about leverage too much anyway uh, and you're going to control it. But it certainly gives you, it allows you to get out the gate quicker, but you have to know what you're doing. Honestly, you have to know what you're doing. It's no good going, oh, if I've got like a $200 account, I can like win 10 grand on this trade if I just go all in. Um, mm. If you lose it, then what? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, you know, it's, you have to absolutely, absolutely know what you're doing if you're going to use leverage. Yeah, it seems like it could be a dangerous tool if you haven't put in the time to develop that solid plan that you are willing to stick with because uh, it seems like you could get yourself in a lot of trouble if you're just going out there out of the gates blazing with like ridiculous amounts of leverage. People do. You know, it's happening all the time and it's awful. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. So for our listeners that are looking to get started with trading, where would you recommend they start? What resources should they look to or just really like what what should they start doing to start developing themselves and start getting themselves ready for, for potentially figuring out if this is a market they want to get involved in? Okay. So firstly, I would say before you even think about getting into trading, um, have a reason why you want to do it. Uh, and I'll tell you why it does make sense because 
if you it is just money okay and you are going to look at charts a lot right so if you don't like looking at charts and you don't want to do a load of testing don't do it because you're probably not going to stick to it, it's, it honestly <laughs> i know it's so weird me telling you this right it's normally like buy my buy my shit with like a million dollars on my bed sprawled out <laughs> honestly if you don't have a reason why you want to trade it might be a skill to leave as a legacy it might be you know to free up your time it might be just because you want more money on the side to supplement an income for a reason though you need a reason to want the money right because it's just money um if you haven't got a clear reason why you want to do it i'll turn you away because you probably won't do it i've seen so many people say i want to trade and they never succeed because they don't actually have a plan or know why what they're going for yeah Um, so if you do want to go into it what i would say is avoid resource centers that teach you everything about trading so there's resource centers out there um for instance there's a site called baby pips right it's a brilliant website great resource for traders but you can learn everything about trading there and uh, everything about forex now that might sound good and people think that the more you learn about the markets the better trader you are but it's not the truth Hmm. what you do is you learn every different trading style every different indicator and what that does is it gives you conflicting trading decisions because you've always got something going oh i should buy oh i should sell oh i should stay out and it paralyzes you from taking any trades because you just know everything um that's a massive problem um so avoid those just focus on learning how to read price okay so learn how to read uh, the trend principle, new structure highs, new structure lows, learn how to read support and, you know, how to identify support and resistance. R- reading price action is, is one of the fundamental things to do. And then just start to learn a strategy, just one, one strategy. There's no golden egg. <laughs> just one strategy will do. And then you just build on that strategy. Just hammer it, hammer it into the market, build discretion, learn everything about it. And just build upon, build upon, build upon that. It's, uh, and you'll, you'll do all right, right? So with that in mind, just focus when you do go live. Um, don't go live until you've back-tested everything. So once you've got your strategy, go and test it. Test the hell out of it. Make sure it's profitable and it's got a positive expectancy. Then trade it live. Go small, go slow. You know, it's going to be live. It's going to be feel different to demo, regardless of what you might think it will. Um, and then just build discretion and, and, and just manage risk, like manage risk. Um, mm. and you'll do all right. Honestly, that it sounds so simple, but no one follows that. <laughs> yeah. And I think it could be so easy to, to come up with like three different strategies that you think would all be good strategies and then trying to do all of them at once. You're going to end up just stabbing yourself in the back because one's going to tell you to do this. One's going to tell you to do that. They're going to contradict each other. You're going to end up losing money. Um, so I think that's, that's really key is just like picking wow. one and sticking to your guns. If you think about Apple, right, they're very, very, uh, they're a company that know who they are. They sell beautiful technology that combines art and technology, right? That's all they do. They don't compete with Windows. They don't try and dilute their system. They're just Apple, right? If you go to Amazon, they're a one-stop shop. So they've got everything, right? Very different businesses, very, very successful doesn't doesn't matter about the strategy (laughs) just hammer the one strategy 
Yep. Completely, completely agree. You got to be focused because if you're not focused, that's it's, it's, it's game over. You're done. So all this sounds so obvious, doesn't it? It, it does, but, but people don't, I don't know, common sense. It's not so common anymore. It's just the, <laughs> it's just the instant gratification thing. It's like this, there must be an easier way. There must be an easier way. I'll tell you what the easier way is, is stop, cut the fat, block out the shit and just focus on your stuff and, and just go, go all in. Completely, completely agree. So I've got some quick questions that I like to ask all of my guests. They're quick questions, don't have to be quick answers. So feel free to take your time in answering these. The first of which is what are you excited about right now? So this could be something within your business. This could be something in the sort of like the global landscape. Um, could be really anything that's developing that you are, that you're excited about right now. Okay. Um, there's a, there's a few things. I'm, I'm excited about what we're doing inside our platform. There's lots of great developments going on there. Um, I won't delve too much into that, but I'm excited about my book, which is coming out um, this month or next month. Look out for it. Um, and that's part of a wealth education program that I'm going to be rolling out into schools. So I'm going to work in schools and teach financial education, entrepreneurship uh, in schools. So wow. I'm really, really excited about that. And on top of that, I'm excited about our Christmas holiday uh, with my family because it's been a heck of a year. And it'll be great to spend some time with them in the, in the Indian Ocean, uh, just away from everyone. <laughs> Exciting. I definitely, we're going to have to talk more about that, that stuff that you're doing with schools because one of my biggest um, passions and one of the things that I really want to do is get more involved in, in going to high schools and actually like connecting with students awesome. and, and, and helping them out. So that's definitely something I want to learn yeah, more about. Yeah, so I'm just on the, the Young Enterprise Scheme. So I'm, I'm teaching, I'm mentoring a group of children who have just um, built a business. We're building a product. We're going to market, you know, get an investment and all that stuff. That's wow. a great skill that you just don't get at school. Um, but, but I'm really, really passionate about, um, my financial education program because that's, it's essentially my life strategy that I want to go and teach other people because I, I wish I'd done it earlier. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's amazing. What habits have ended up serving you most, whether that be in your business or just in your life in general? What habits have ended up serving me most? <clears throat> that's a good question. I would assume fitness is definitely one that's, that's been beneficial for you. Yeah. Um, habits have been um, being accountable. So I always, I've always been one to hold myself accountable. That's something I've built into a habit uh, from a very young age. So taking the blame for everything, not blaming anyone else. Mm -hmm. um, taking responsibility for every situation I'm in. That's a, you know, something I've, I've really built a good habit around and, and, and getting that. The other thing is just uh, structure. So structuring my family life, you know, we, we um, there was a time when I was all over the place and I thought, you know, this is, this has got to stop. So it was a case of just breaking down my life and going, right, how can we structure this and just make sure that everything is going well, you know, all, all different seven areas of my life rather than, focusing on money or focusing on health or just focusing on a relationship because there's so many people that go, Oh yeah, we don't need money because we're all right with our relationship, but they are unhappy because they haven't got money. And then there's other people that are like, Oh yeah, but I've got so much money, but they're unhappy because they haven't got a relationship. And then mm. there's people that are really unhealthy and, and overweight and they've got everything else and they're not happy. So the key is to have balance. And one of my habits has always been to, work on them all so you know we've got a calendar my kids know when i'm spending time with them you know when we do certain family things when we do certain when i'm doing business things and it's all very very 
structured, but it helps give a content life to everyone around you because everyone knows where they stand. Mm. And um, yeah, and just being consistent. So consistency is a big, big thing. Perfect. Yeah. And just making sure that you include everything seems like a really good idea and a really beneficial thing to have because like you said, you let one thing go by the wayside and then you're, you're not doing so good. So being able to schedule all of those things in is, is a very beneficial thing and being able to make sure everything that is important to you is included. Totally. Totally. Cause you're not going to be happy if you haven't got one of those things. Like if one's missing, you're not going to be happy. So you need, yep. all, you need to work on all areas of your life to be happy. Absolutely. What content, if any, are you consuming right now? So by content, I mean like YouTube videos, podcasts, um, books that you're reading, like what kind of content are you consuming? Okay. Um, I've, I've read a lot of books in my life. Um, I try not to consume at the moment. So if I do consume books, it's audio books and I only do them like on when I'm running or in the gym Mm -hmm. um, because that's time where I can listen. Uh, but I'm really trying to create as much content as I can rather than consume. So any of your listeners are out there starting a business, you know, put it down. I know this is great (laughs) reading loads of books, but don't read the book, write the book, right? Don't exactly don't write, don't read the blog, write the blog and uh, don't listen to the podcast. Go and start a podcast. Um, I can't stress that enough. You'll figure it out. You'll learn it. And uh, although it's great to hear from these, these greats that are written the books, there's nothing quite like the, the book that will change your life is the book you write yourself. Mm, exactly. You got to find that balance of consuming and creating because you can consume, you can consume so much content for years and years and years, but if you never do anything with it, if you never apply it, then, then what was the point? Because it, it does come down to actually like putting stuff into practice. Totally. Totally. What do you do in your business that doesn't scale? So when I say doesn't scale, I mean like not easily replicated. Um, one of the things I do is I like to send video direct messages on Instagram to people I either look up to or people who are just like random followers. So I'll just pick like some random followers to like say hey to every day. Um, but do you do anything in your business that doesn't scale? Absolutely, mate. Um, so this business, this tier one business, we, we've, although it's a great brand that we're building, we've built it around very much a lifestyle business. So it is very much, uh, we're close to the community, Uh, you know, a bit like Tony Robbins, right? Tony Robbins is Tony Robbins and people go and see Tony Robbins. Without Tony Robbins, there isn't really much of a business. I know he's got all different things going on, but he's like the face. Uh, We're very much embedded in that business. So I would say it's very hard to scale as we are at the moment because it's it's us and, and we're happy with that because as I say, we love doing it. Uh, we've got a great community. Um, we're working on building it as a brand and, and scaling it in the future. But right now it's not scalable because it's just, we're just loving it. We're just embedded in that thing. Makes sense. I can totally relate with that. And on my personal brand as well, it's, it's not something that is scalable, but it's something that's very, very rewarding. Yeah. So, just be proud of it. You know, yeah. you, don't, you don't have to worry about scaling until, you know, until exactly. you right. Exactly. So where can people find out more? Where can they go to find out more about you, about your book, about, about your platform? Um, where yeah. can people, where do you want people to go? Where, what should I link up in the, in the show notes for people to check out? Okay. Well, pretty much the hub of, of everything is uh, jasongraystone.com. Uh, if you go to jasongraystone.com, you'll be able to get the newsletter that I put out every week. And that is free uh, financial education. It's wealth um, wealth mindset, wealth accumulation, wealth acceleration, and wealth inspiration. And that wow. newsletter goes out on a weekly basis. It's basically everything I've learned in life. Um, that's going to go on forever. Like that will just keep going and going and going. 
Um, from that website, you can learn about um, my trading. So there's a section on trading, which will take you to tier1trading.com. That's our trading education platform. And we do a 14-day trial uh, for people that are interested in actually just getting their feet wet. It's a dollar, no risk, no contract. You come in, you get the real harsh truth, and you can just walk out the door 14 days later. No no upsells, no hammering emails, <laughs> nothing like that. Yeah, and um, yeah, so jasongraystone.com and tier1trading.com. I'm also all over social media, so um, I think the links will be below this video, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. I'll be sure to link it all up in the show notes for this episode. Uh, Jason, anything you want to leave our listeners with today? Um, I just want to say, if, you, if you're going to do something, like just go all in and do it. Like Honestly, don't talk about it. Don't say you're going to do it tomorrow. We're coming up to 2019 now and everyone's got New Year resolutions. That doesn't make a difference. Like One month will not make a difference. If you haven't got the mentality to just go and do it, um, you probably won't start in January. And if you do, it'll probably be short-lived. Mm. Build a habit of actually committing to something, even if it's one small thing in progress each day, go and do it. Like Build and build and build. And if you make small incremental progress you'll get to where you want to go 100 percent. but don't wait just do it absolutely nike said it best just do it thank you very much for your time jason i appreciate it and thanks for spending it here no worries pleasure you're listening to this episode of Young Smart Money. If you want to support the show, you can do so in three different ways. You can subscribe, you can leave me five, and you can share this episode with a friend. To subscribe, all you got to do is click the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. To leave me five, all you got to do is scroll all the way down to the bottom of the podcast's page for Young Smart Money and click on the write a review button. And to share with a friend, all you got to do is screenshot yourself listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, tag me, and I'll be sure to repost it in my Instagram story as well. I love giving you guys some attention who are listening to the show. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next one.